This is Postcards from Grafton. We are exploring the most fascinating people and places in our community and everything in between. We are your hosts, Carrie Mariner and Fred Backstrom, librarians and historians at the Grafton Midview Public Library. This podcast is made possible by the Grafton Village History Association. You have a chance to explore your own personal history by emailing us the code word you hear at some point during the episode and winning an Ancestry DNA test kit. So listen for the code word and email us at postcardsfromgrafton at gmail.com. We have convinced, or harassed, staff to spit in tubes to test their DNA for us. Today they share their family stories with us, and we share their results with them. I am now an expert on saliva bubbles and how to have enough spit to spit in a tube. Turns out it's more complicated than you think it is, and spit is still gross. It's very gross. Thank you, staff, for letting us do this. <laughs> oh, very much. I, we It's appreciated, and I, I think we heard some really interesting stories, really great stories, you know, good things and bad things, and... I think we reveal some interesting and unexpected results to some people. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of us have connections to West Virginia or like murders in the family tree. And I should take this moment to apologize to the community because Maggie has turned into a bit of a monster with her results. She yeah. now thinks she's royal. Queen Maggie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We created the monster. So watch out. <laughs> <laughs> but it should be an interesting thing to hear. Yeah. And I think we're going to, you're all going to really enjoy it. I know we did. This was a fun one. Definitely. Our history matters. Our community matters. Enjoy the stories. All right. Hi, Miranda. Hi. How are you today? I am doing good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. Do you want to tell us a little about yourself, what you do here and outside of library land? Uh, sure. So my name is Miranda Jenkins. I do the adult programming here at the Grafton Midview Public Library. Um, outside of work, I would say I do a lot of things that are similar to my work. I do a lot of crafting. Um, I do a lot of art. I've got two kitties at home, Sunny and Shiva. They keep me very busy. Um, and then I've got my husband as well, who... Uh, also keeps me very busy. <laughs> um, he is a great cook. Um, and yeah, I mean, I studied writing in school. So this is uh, what I do at the library is a little bit outside of what I studied. But yeah, I really enjoy working here. And again, I'm just super happy to be on the podcast and learn a little bit more about my family, hopefully. So what are you hoping to learn most about your family? Um, well, I don't know much about my family uh, past my grandparents, honestly. So I think I'm most interested in kind of figuring out the ancestry beyond my grandparents. Um, to my knowledge, I think both my paternal and maternal sides are German. Um, so another thing that I would be interested to know is if that's true, because that came from my mom, um, and she wasn't 100% sure. So yeah, I'd be interested to know if there's any other ancestry outside of my German ancestry. But like I said, to my knowledge, that's what I've been told, is that it's mostly German on both sides. 
Has anyone done research into your family tree? Uh, so my mom's mom has done a lot of ancestry work. Um, but unfortunately, I've never really sat down with her and kind of gone over the family tree and talked to her in depth about what she has found. Um, but yeah, I think she's gone back pretty far, uh, at least in recent years. Um, so yeah, it will also be interesting to kind of line up with the research she's done with kind of what we find out with the ancestry test. It's hard to think about like talking to your family members about this kind of stuff. Like it just doesn't click until maybe a little later. Cause I know like my grandpa's done research into his family tree and supposedly he's Irish, but my grandma's lost whatever he collected and he's <laughs> passed away. So it's like, I don't really know for sure. I, yeah, I definitely get nervous because I'm very fortunate all four of my grandparents are still here. So the opportunity is there and I definitely think like I need to take advantage of that before, you know, some of this history might be lost if we can't get to it um, before, you know, it, it might be too late. Why is, um, why is learning about your family history like important to you? What are your, why, why do you want to know more? I would say a big part of it, um, I mentioned earlier that I studied writing in school, and so a lot of the writing that I've done um, is memoir-related, so a lot about my my life, my family, um, a little bit about my family's history. Um, so it would be interesting to know and see if I could maybe make any connections um, mm. that would maybe kind of further any memoir pieces that I've written or I don't know yeah maybe kind of help my writing along a little bit maybe I find something that kind of sparks an idea and think okay like I could write about this um, but a big part of writing about my family has been um, trying to keep these stories alive the stories that make up our family um, and you know trying to kind of dissect them a little bit uh, so, yeah, I mean, I would love to be able to kind of pull from further back in my family history and, again, see if maybe there's any connections there that I just didn't realize that would maybe help me write a, a super fantastic memoir that gets on the bestseller list. <laughs> For the creative process, I mean, knowing that kind of information, especially if you work on memoirs and, and historical fiction even, you could do quite a bit from 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 that learning about your family history and, and being able to incorporate that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I do pull a lot of my family history right now is um, mostly from West Virginia. All four of my grandparents were born in West Virginia. Um, my mom is actually the only one of her siblings that wasn't born in West Virginia. She was born here in Ohio. Um, so I do pull from that quite a bit. I mean, I used to spend a lot of time in West Virginia with my grandparents. Um, so I do write about that. Um, and it, it's nice to kind of pull from my grandparents' experiences and kind of compare that to the experiences that I've had. And they're totally different. I mean, my grandparents, for the most part, grew up in houses that their fathers built. Um, they did not have really electricity, maybe not running water. Um, they, you know, had a well outside that they got their water from. Um, when they were outside working all day, it was not like, okay, they come inside and take a shower and wash off. It was like, okay, they showered maybe once a week and it wasn't a shower. It was a tub of water that 
the whole family had to share in order to get clean. Um, and something I think is really funny is they, my grandma has said that the dirtiest person got in the bathwater first, which didn't make any sense to me because it's like, why would the dirtiest person get in first? The water's already going to be gross for the second person. Um, I would think you would put the cleanest person in first and work your way down. But anyway, um, yeah, so they, I mean, it was just a totally different experience growing up how they did, um, versus, I mean, you know, we have a lot of modern conveniences now that they did not have. Um, they were very self-sufficient. It was raise animals, butcher them for food, um, make your own clothes, use the sort the resources that you had. Um, so yeah, I do, I do pull from that history a little bit when I write. Um, but I'm sure if I went back even further that there would be just so much more that I could kind of, that I could learn and that I could then use to, to write about or just use to kind of, for my own personal need of knowing about my family. <laughs> Do you have any like traditions, family traditions from back in West Virginia that you know of or that you, you all still kind of follow along with and, and participate in? Uh, so the first thing that comes to mind is uh, on my dad's side of the family, they always did a family reunion around Labor Day. Um, and the reunion always took place up in a holler. So usually one way to get there, a dirt road on either a truck or a four-wheeler. Um, and it was always on the property where my grandma grew up. Um, so unfortunately, her house was no longer there. Um, they had to take that down a while ago. Again, it was a house that like her dad had built just from resources in the woods. Um, so when they did the family reunion, this was always around Labor Day. And they always did, um, I would say it's kind of along the lines of being um, a little bit hillbilly, but they would do uh, kind of like ATV challenges. So they had, I mean, they have acres and acres of property back there. Um, and there would be different things. So there would be like a mud pit and everyone would have to like drive through the mud pit and whoever got through the quickest would get like some prize at the end. Um, and then they would do like four wheel races where you would have to like go around a cone and then switch drivers and like the other person would have to go do something. Um, so that's really the main tradition that that comes to mind, at least for um, my dad's side of the family. Um, my mom's side also does family reunions, but no ATVs involved. So I'm not sure it's quite as exciting um, as getting really muddied and watching people race four-wheelers, which do not recommend. Be Always be safe. <laughs> Nothing like a four-wheeler relay. I mean... Right, right. Do you know how your family started to settle in Ohio and move out of West Virginia? Um... So I actually wish I knew a little bit more about why they decided to settle in West Virginia. I don't know if it was just um, that there there was a lot of land there and it was most likely relatively cheap because there's just not a lot in West Virginia. Um, but I think the main thing that drove um, at least my grandparents kind of to Ohio was uh, the work here. Um, so there wasn't a lot of work availability in West Virginia. So my mom's dad worked at General Motors um, and then my dad's dad worked at Ford. So I think it was kind of the automotive industry that was really booming here that brought them 
out of West Virginia looking for work here um, and eventually led to them kind of settling down in the area. Yeah, definitely the, the jobs in this area were the motivation for trying to get out and have a different life than what their parents had, um, which I think is always kind of the goal with families is to kind of, okay, how can I, how can I give my child a, an even better life? Um, and that's not to say that my grandparents did not have good lives. I mean, all of them talk very highly about how they were raised and how they grew up. Um, but, you know, again, there were there were opportunities here and that was that was what they had to uh, kind of cling to. And that's what they did. So. Do you want to share some more stories about your grandparents that maybe you've used in your writing or that you've come across just through family folklore? So the first one that I when you said that I've written about, there's one that I've written about, um, which is actually my mom's dad being on fire. Um, when he was, it, my mom was maybe 12 or 13 when this happened. Um, he was burning a brush pile and had kind of like an old tire mixed in. Um, and there was something in the tire that caused an explosion. Um, so as he was burning the brush, it ended up catching him on fire when it exploded. Um, and my mom says she remembers, uh, I mean, again, she's not even a teenager really at this point. Um, and she says she remembered she started screaming. Um, and she said that she remembers her, my grandpa, um, looking at her and she's like, half of his body is like engulfed in flames. Um, and he, she said he gave her a look that said, you better stop screaming. Um, which is just so funny to me that he was, I mean, you know, kind of first and foremost, he was a parent. And so even when he's got like, you know, kind of his life on the line, he's still looking at her like, you know better than to scream in this household. Um, so yeah, so he gave her a look of like, you better stop screaming. Um, and thankfully he's okay. Uh, but yes, he does still have the burn marks from when he was on fire. Um, and I remember asking him about it when I was a kid, like kind of like, why do you look different on this one side? Um, and it wasn't something that he really talked about too much. So I don't remember him ever really saying to me directly that um, that he had been on fire. It was kind of, it kind of became a story that maybe was a little bit larger than life in a way because it had taken on all of these different um, perspectives. And without him talking about it too much, it kind of grew into something really, really big in the family. Um, my mom was not the only, so my grandparents had four kids total, um, and I believe all four of them were there when this happened. Um, but, you know, my mom was the only one that screamed, so she's the only one that really got the look. Um, but yeah, my, my grandpa was not very open about it. Um, but I, I would say that he's not necessarily super open about a lot of things. He's very, uh, he kind of keeps to himself, um, but I've noticed that as he's gotten older that he has opened up a little bit more. Um, and so I think, you know, we were kind of talking earlier about, um, you know, trying to get these stories before it's too late. And I think that even he is kind of in that mindset right now of like, okay, like a lot of this, it, it you know, how will people know if I don't tell them right now? Um, so I think it's kind of hitting him, too, of like, okay, like, maybe I can kind of talk about these things a little bit more openly than I have in the past, um, which is which is good for our family because, you know, he's got a lot to, to talk about. We want to hear it. Um, 
So my, uh, my other really fascinating story, unfortunately, does not involve fire, but instead it involves the gallows. Um, you know, it was just <laughs> thrilling stuff. Um, so unfortunately, I'm not 100% sure on like the, the family tree here, but I want to say that the, the family member involved would have been my grandma's grandma. And then the man that's involved, I think, would have been my grandma's uncle, I want to say. Um, so, of course, my, my grandma will probably be calling me if she hears this saying, like, oh, no, you got that all wrong. So I hope I'm, I'm at least close <laughs> to being correct. Um, so what happened was um, the woman's name was Sarah Ann Legg. Um, and she was married to, again, I think my grandma's uncle, who was named Jay. Um, and Sarah actually murdered Jay, so she shot him. Um, and what happened was uh, she ended up going to trial, obviously. There was really no debate that she shot him. She was the only person who was capable of doing it. Um, so it kind of, the story kind of started as uh, he shot himself, is what she said, with a rifle, which would be very difficult to do. Um, so then that, that story kind of morphed into, oh, no, I shot him, but it was an accident. Um, and then that story kind of morphed into, uh, I shot him, and that was it. <laughs> um, so she ended up, uh, unfortunately, I'm not sure if she ever, ever was hanged. Um, I know that the case went to the Supreme Court. Um, there was kind of like a big ordeal about hanging a woman. Um, so that was kind of a point of, like, we don't know if we should actually follow through with this. Um, so I guess the, the folklore kind of comes in, um, well, one other thing I wanted to mention is I have a couple of articles about, um, Sarah Ann Legg was the murderer. Um, so I have a couple articles from back in the day, and one thing that, always kind of struck me as they had interviewed the gentleman who sold them the rifle that was then used as the murder weapon. And he said that the gun was known to go off at unexpected and inopportune times. And that's why he sold the gun. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, if you think about that in kind of today's terms, it probably did make sense that the attorneys who were defending Sarah Ann Legg would want to you know, try to make sure that all their bases were covered if this gun was just randomly going off. Um, but yeah, that, that's in one of the articles that I have. And like I said, I always just thought like the gun went off at inopportune times. That does not seem like an ideal gun to have in your house. <laughs> not super reliable. Yeah, not super reliable. Um, so I guess the, the folklore with this story kind of comes in... Um, so when Sarah Ann Legg was on trial for killing, um, again, I think it was my grandmother's uncle, Jay Legg, um, my, my grandma's grandmother, who would have been Jay's mother, um, actually was, was kind of in the courtroom. Um, I believe that she was on the stand at one point um, because she had been the most recent person to see Sarah and Jay. Um, and I think that she was at the house and had left just temporarily to go get something from a neighbor. And when she came back, Jay was bleeding on the floor. 
Um, so she was she was on the stand, um, and the the rumor in the family is that she essentially put a curse on one of the gentlemen who was defending Sarah and Leg. She told him that she hoped he would never defend another person in his entire life. And that night he apparently had a stroke and could never speak again. Hmm. Yeah, so hmm. that is a little bit harder to prove. There's nothing in the articles about either of, of the gentlemen defending Sarah Ann Leg having a stroke or um, something going wrong, but... The articles are mostly focused on Sarah Ann Legg. I mean, it was incredibly uncommon, not only for a woman really to be on trial to be hanged, but she was a mother. I mean, they had two kids together. Um, so you kind of have this double whammy of like, okay, the there's a woman on trial, but she's a mother. Um, and so even the governor of West Virginia at the time is kind of quoted as saying that, you know, he believed in upholding the law, but he hoped that it would never be his responsibility to say whether she should live or die. Um, because he didn't want to be the one who said, like, yes, this woman should totally be hanged. Um, but yeah, again, a lot of the articles are about Sarah Ann Legg, um, about her life, about her sitting in, in jail waiting for a determination on whether or not she would be hanged. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to say if, uh, if my grandma's grandma really did kind of curse that, <laughs> that man. Um, but that is the rumor in the family is that, yeah, she said she hoped he would never speak or never defend another person his entire life. And after he had a stroke, he could not defend anyone else because he couldn't speak. So that is my most exciting family story. <laughs> when did that happen? This was the early 1900s. Early 1900s. Okay. Um, I might have a date in this article, but. And I would be curious, too, to learn like the actual Supreme Court case if they took it. That should be documented. Yeah, and if her attorney defended her in front of the Supreme Court, because then that would kind of go into, was he really cursed, and did he mm -hmm. have the stroke and was unable to defend her, like, at the top of the court system. Right. Yeah, I'm, unfortunately, I don't have any articles about, like I said, I don't even know if she was hanged or not. Um, I can't seem to find that in any of the information that I have. I'm sure it's information that my grandmother has. Um, but it looks like uh, the actual incident happened on February 10th, 1904. And this would have all been in, um, I think it was Clay County back then. So it would have been Clay County, West Virginia. Um, but yeah, 1904. So it was early 1900s. If you think about it, your family could have been involved in like one of the very most pivotal capital punishment cases, like whether or not a woman could be executed. Yeah, that was a debate for a very long time. Yeah. I have to know now. <laughs> I'm going to be at home researching the Supreme Court. Like, how far back do the cases go? Did they ever talk about a motive? I, I think there, there maybe was reference to uh, potentially, like, another man being involved somehow. Mm. Um, so Jay, I, I, I think um, he was probably out quite a bit. So based on kind of my knowledge of my family in West Virginia and based on the history that I do know, um, you know, it was very difficult to find work. You kind of did what you could do. And a lot of times that meant not being at home, that meant kind of traveling for your work and being elsewhere a lot of the time. Um, so yeah, so I, I, again, I think it was kind of insinuated that potentially there may have been another man while he was out at work. Um, but both of the kids were 
they were very young, but I think they were kind of old enough to know. Um, so I want to say that the son, I think, was maybe part of the trial as well. I hope I'm not completely making that up. But I think the kids were, were old enough to kind of speak on what they felt had happened. That was a common thing to blame mm-hmm. for, uh, especially for lots of female criminals. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's, not you know, there's always the possibility that none of that is even remotely true when they were just trying to search for any motive other than the gun was randomly shooting, you know, whenever. <laughs> And then I think she was saying that she was trying to, like, hand him the gun for some reason, and it went off. Um, so there, there's a lot of questions, you know, like, was the gun really randomly going off? Why was she handing him the gun? Like, what were they planning on doing? <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of questions. But, you know, if my grandma's listening to this, I would like to know more. <laughs> if you have more information. <laughs> What other conversations do you think that this will start with your family? Um, you know, I, I, I think I've tried to talk to my mom a little bit about her ancestry. And like I said, she's kind of alluded to the fact that she thinks both, both sides of my family were fully German. Um, but even she doesn't seem necessarily incredibly knowledgeable about kind of our family history. So... I think one of my main hopes would be that this kind of opens up the doorway, um, not only for for me to kind of have um, more serious conversations with my grandparents, but also to kind of get my mom involved too. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, kind of figure out our ancestry together. Um, I know that my grandma really enjoys doing the ancestry and she's kind of a lone wolf on it. She just kind of does her own thing. Um, but I would really like to see kind of all of our family maybe get involved. Um, so I know my cousin and I have, have had a lot of conversations about ancestry. Um, and, and she knows a little bit more because she lives really like next door to my grandma. So that makes it easy. Um, yeah, I'd I'd like to kind of see all of our family maybe take an, an interest in it, um, and all become a little bit more knowledgeable together. Um, you know, it would be nice, uh, to, to be able to ask your mom and say, you know, what do you know about this? And her um, be able to give a little bit more of a detailed answer other than, like, ask your grandma. <laughs> your grandma will know. You should call her. Um, it's like, you know, I want I want my mom to know, too. I want her to be aware. Um, I want to be aware. Like I said, I would love to see, like, my cousins kind of get a little bit more involved. Um, because, you know, right now, I think when your grandparents are here, it's like, oh, well, my grandparents take care of all that. You know, they're older, they're retired, this is what they're doing in their free time. Um, but once the grandparents are gone, it's, it's then, okay, it's the rest of the family's responsibility to kind of keep those stories alive, keep the ancestry, um, or at least the knowledge of the ancestry alive. So, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would like to see it kind of... Um, become more of a family thing versus just like a grandma thing um i think the responsibility kind of falls on all of us to stay educated to kind of know our background know where we came from um so yeah i'm I'm hoping that that this kind of becomes much larger than just me on a podcast talking about what i think my family history is (laughs) 
Hey everyone, it's Carrie and Fred, and we're giving more of an update instead of a reveal on Miranda's ancestry DNA test. Um, Fred, remind me when we first had Miranda test her saliva. <laughs> I want to say that was um, February at some point, right? Yeah, she was. I think she was our first interview and our first test that yes. we did. Yes, the first one. Yeah, so we. Submitted the DNA test right away, and she was supposed to get her results back in end of March, early April. Um, but we got a message from Ancestry that her sample was not of quality. Um, so they sent us a new test, and we did it again, um, probably around April or May. And then we just found out now in July that she also um, did not have a quality sample the second time around. So we're unable to give her results, unfortunately. Um, it's pretty common for this to happen. A lot of people, they don't have enough uh, DNA in their saliva to test just by spitting into a tube. They'll have to do like a cheek swab. Um, and a lot of things can distort your sample as well because we made sure she didn't eat or drink beforehand. But even brushing your teeth or chewing gum can affect uh, the sample. So unfortunately, we don't have results to give her. But she did do some research after our first interview with her um, about her ancestor, Jay Leg. Um, and we found out that there's actually a folk song um, written about him and the murder in West Virginia. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes to it because uh, the West Virginia Public Broadcasting Network had a little article about it. And while that case didn't go to the Supreme Court, um, Miranda found out that it was appealed and his wife was acquitted of the crime. That's good. Yeah. Maybe, I think. It's hard <laughs> to tell. Yeah. It was a long time ago. Yes. Mm -hmm. And supposedly his mother was still very upset and did put a curse on the attorney, whether that, or not that was successful. <laughs> maybe, but that was definitely documented. She did find that stuff, so. Yes. We couldn't get a good DNA test from her, but at least she got a chance to do some, some digging and found some interesting information. Yeah, and I think that was kind of our goal with all of our staff was mm -hmm. to just inspire them to do a little more research, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Now we are going to chat with Kim about family folklore revolving around Native American ancestry. Hey Kim, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for being on the show today. Absolutely, my pleasure. Do you want to give a little introduction about yourself, what you do here at work and maybe outside of library land? Sure, uh, my name is Kim. I've been here two and a half years. I am an adult services librarian. So I work downstairs with the computers and all that fun stuff. Outside the library, I basically stay home and take care of all my cats. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot going on right now with the pandemic, so that's my main thing and um, taking care of the family. So do you want to tell us a little bit about why you decided to be on the show and talk about ancestry? Sure. Um, growing up, my dad always told us that we were part Indian, part Cherokee, Native American. And I always believed it. Now I don't so much <laughs> anymore. Um, so I'm very interested to see what exactly the ancestry is, because besides that, there wasn't a lot of talk. I know my mom's family's mostly from Germany, and my dad's is mostly from the hills of Kentucky. So I'm kind of interested to see what all we're made of. Has anyone in your family done a lot of genealogy or family history research? 
that I, you know of? That I know. I think my dad did for a while, but he didn't really share mm. it. So I don't know what those results were. For a while, I think he was trying to put together a family tree. But I think on his side especially, it's difficult because where they're from in Kentucky is the literally the hills of Kentucky. So there's not a lot. And the little bit that I've done, I come across names like Farmer Ratliff. Because that's what he, his occupation was a farmer. Um, mm. Weird things like that. So and the records, they're not very good. So I'm curious what's out there. So I did bring something with me today. I know people won't be able to see it, but this is where our family, my dad's stories come from. He has told us this is the Cherokee Native American princess. I don't know what her name is. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's really what she is. <laughs> she was like four foot eight. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was tiny. She's a tiny little thing. I more think that it might be his great great grandmother, but I don't know. So, but this is this is some, definitely somebody in my dad's family. I just don't know exactly who she is, but I just know she was teeny tiny, and and it's a it looks like it's a picture of her kind of outside yeah. in front of like a white picket fence, right? In some ways, do you have any idea like how old that photo was? Or I don't know. It's got to be okay. early nineteen hundreds, late. Mm. 18 I don't know how old it is and it's you can see it's starting to come apart because we've had yeah. this forever mm. but I that's what I know <laughs> so I, I don't know the hit I don't even know what her name is it, it could have been his great-great-grandmother and he was just like to tell us a story because it mm -hmm. did like to tell us stories but that's you know that's the whole lore is that we have this royalty from the Native American Cherokee which I don't believe anymore i did growing up i did totally bought into it now not so much <laughs> well those old family legends can all always be oh i yeah. mean sometimes they're true sometimes they're not but yeah. they're always kind of fun to think about or interesting mm -hmm. to think about it, it gets you it gets you going on it absolutely mm -hmm. i never really you know i never really not confronted but i never really questioned it too much because mm -hmm. you know dad tells you what it is but and then as especially after i had kids and i'm like this doesn't make any sense <laughs> After my son was born, and he, you know, if there was any Native American in this, it is totally not in him. He, he was blonde hair, blue eyed when he was born. It was very weird. He was, you could see the German side, hundred percent. So that's why I was like, yeah, I don't think that's true. So I think it was more kind of made up because, like I said, his family is literally from the hills of Kentucky, like dirt, dirt, dirt poor. So we don't have, didn't talk about that a lot. Mm. It was more. Kind of let's do let's go that route, you know. Like you have all this heritage, and, and I think all our heritage is like the hills of Kentucky. So, which in and of itself is kind of an interesting heritage. Right. If you want to know the truth, at least looking back at it now, it's you know fundamentally different way of life. And oh yeah. Did you, do you have any like family traditions that they kind of passed down or that you? Not from his side. No. At no. all. Um, his. Growing up, he has he has four he has four brothers, and they're all pretty close in age, mm -hmm. and they all but my father live in uh, Centerburg, Ohio. He was the only one who ever left mm -hmm. that area. Um, his mother, I think she was, I want to say fourteen or fifteen when she got married. Mm -hmm. That so we didn't you know. And his um, his father died when I was, I want to say five, and mm -hmm. his mother died when I was seven. So still pretty young. Yeah. Very, very yeah. They were both in 
I only know his mother made it to her 30s at that point. Oh, but his wow. father was like not even 50 yet or maybe right before he turned 50. So there wasn't a lot on that side. Um, the only thing I do know is his father was one of the people who helped, who was doing the road, the highway construction from like Columbus to Cincinnati. Mm. That was what his job was for ages. And he was like one of the people on that. So, and his, a uh, couple of his brothers are still doing that mm. to this day. They kind of stayed in that business. Sure, sure. Not that they owned it, but they worked for it. Uh, but on my mother's side, uh, she's German. So we always, even to this day, we still do St. Nick. Mm. On, on December, uh, I want to say it's like December 6th, the night of, De you know, December 5th to December 6th. So we've always done that. We always put the candy or whatever in the shoes. But otherwise, yeah, that's, it's a German thing. Yeah, yeah Chris Kringle. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, I mean, not a lot. It was uh, kind of different. So we don't have all those rich traditions like that. But the Chris Kringle, I still do with my kids. And sometimes my mom will even give me things now to this day. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice even just to have one or two, honestly. Yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of people don't, you know, because we... That you leave where you where you grew up or where right. the family is from. Uh, why did you said your father was the only one who left the, that area? Why did he? Why why did he? He left because oh, he got an education. Ah. He was the only, I think he's the only one of his brothers who mm. went to college. Mm. Uh, he married my mother very very young. Um, she was only seventeen when they got married. Mm. And they got married in uh, I want to say it's West Virginia, wherever you could get married without your parents' permission. <laughs> Because he he went he uh, he was twenty two mm -hmm. and he was going off to uh, the army. Oh, sure. He uh, ended up in they ended up back over in Germany where she was from. Um, he was in Vietnam, but he never fought. He was mm -hmm. a me uh, medic, so oh, that's why sure. they got married and they went over there and came back. And I just think he wanted more, mm. so he started working at a Turner Construction, and I think they moved in Dayton. Hmm. And they put him through college, and he ended up. I, I went to his college graduation. <laughs> I was, I don't know, maybe five, but I don't know that his. I can't remember if his relatives were there, like his brothers. They were mm. very disappointed that he left. It's like left the fold. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So that's why he left. So education had always been something that was like, you will go to college. You know, there was never like a question of whether or not you would. You you were going to college. There was no question about that. So. It's a lot different than his brothers. Than he was used to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. His, yeah, he, uh, he was always a troublemaker, as he told me. <laughs> told me he was, I can't remember how old he was, maybe 10, 11. He, like, rode a bus into town or something. He, like, took off for a whole day. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he, he, got, he, a lot, got in a lot of trouble for that. <laughs> but, so he always had that, like, he wanted, he wanted to get out. So yeah, yeah. And that's what he ended up doing. And that's where, you know, he... He, in Centerburg is, I don't know if you guys know where Centerburg is. It's like right out, it's outside of Columbus. It's another little like dean, yeah. Mm -hmm. So there was no opportunities there, I guess, really. So. Yeah, small towns can be difficult, especially if they're looking for work. Right. I, I know lots of people, families moved because of, mm -hmm. a lot of people from West Virginia came to Ohio for, mm -hmm. for employment, kind of in that time period and before. Do, do you know why your your other side of the family came from Germany or why they emigrated? I don't even know. My mom still has family over there. Oh, really? There, okay. are, there is family. There's a lot in Pennsylvania. A lot of her family's in Pennsylvania. Uh, her mom came over because she married her. Uh, my mom's father was in the Army. 
mm-hmm. they got married in Germany. Mm-hmm. So actually, I found this. I was looking. I want to see if I, I could find her. She got her petition for naturalization. Mm-hmm. My mother's uh, mom. And this was in. Did it tell me? So she was married in '52. I don't know this because it said they got married in '52, but this is April '52, so I don't know if this is correct. <laughs> but that's why his her mom came over. Mm. I don't know when the rest of the family came over, but I know they're all in. They're all in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. It's a common place for, you know, mm-hmm. German and Dutch, of course. Yeah, we have Pennsylvania. Yeah. So I had a I had an aunt that uh, I, she was like my grandmother because my my mother's mother died younger too. Mm-hmm. Seems to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but she did live longer. My it was my aunt Margaret who I'm named after. Mm. Yeah. Family my, name then. Fa- yeah. It, it is a family name. Um, but yeah, they were and she spoke German. She spoke Germanish around me it was like a german english mix hmm. but yeah all yeah they ended up in pennsylvania i don't know when they all came over though hmm. i don't know if it was after her you know my mother's mother came over that i don't know hmm. but, it, but it was maybe probably around that time it probably then. was a little bit more recent then so yeah this was in the 50s yeah but i know we still have some family over it uh they're from bamberg germany but I don't know. I don't. I've never been. I've never been over there. But I know that there's still relatives there. Is what, there? Go ahead, Fred. <laughs> I, well, I was going to say, what about um, people from the the Kentucky? Do you know why they ended up coming farther north? That I don't know. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. guessing work. Work probably. Yeah. My guess yeah. is it was you know the constru- the highway constructions. That's what my dad's father did. So I'm thinking, mm-hmm. you know, because they were, I looked up where they, he was born. I mean, it says Johnson, Kentucky, but it wasn't Johnson. It was like this teeny part within Johnson. If you look mm-hmm. at it, the map, it's like some weird name, and it's it's like in the middle of the hills. So yeah. I think that we were they were coal mining at one point, mm-hmm. and then that dried up. So I my guess is they came for work. Mm-hmm. But I think he might still have family. When was that, you know? <sighs> Roughly? <laughs> 30s, 40s, maybe. Oh, okay. 30. I think it was well, my dad was 47, so it's probably in the 30s, like late 30s. Oh, uh, okay. Just pre-war then. Interesting. Yeah, I think he's his father did go to World War II, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, I think I saw his draft card, mm. but I don't know. But that was in Kentucky, so after that uh, they came. So okay. it was, it was my dad, I think, is the oldest one. He was mm. 47, and then they all came shortly after that. Mm. But that's my guess is they came for work. Mm-hmm. We're definitely seeing a pattern with people leaving <laughs> West Virginia or yeah. Kentucky to come up here for, Coming north you know, for work, right. yeah, auto manufacturing or any kind of factory work up in this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what, growing up, that was my dad's in construction. I mean, so we did, we moved a lot. Mm-hmm. I lived in, I was born in Troy, Ohio, where a hospital that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Zane. I evidently lived in Zanesville when the tornadoes hit. Oh, yeah. That my was... parents have told me that I uh, the apartment building across the street was destroyed, and we hid you know, hid in a bathroom. I was like, I think it was like eighteen months, sixteen months, something like that. I, I, I don't, long. I don't remember it, but I do always remember having a fear of tornadoes growing that's, up. <laughs> that's lot. I mean, those, those Zanesville ones were quite bad. Yeah. There's a number of books written on that that subject. It was quite deadly. It it was. So they, they told me the apartment across the street was destroyed. Hmm. We Our building was untouched. But, and then, so from Zanesville, they went to Dayton, to Cincinnati, which we lived in Cincinnati for quite a while, and then Nashville, then here. Hmm. And then I just stayed here. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still here in the area. 
Is your aunt Margaret the oldest relative that you remember? She, she's the one who probably lived to be older. Mm -hmm. um, I also had an aunt Adele, who I think was a little bit older than Margaret. They all lived like in Pennsylvania there. Um, yeah, she. We spent summers there. I think she mm. died when she was in her. She might have even been in her seventies. She lived actually. Mm. She was longer than a lot of my like other close relatives. Um, on my dad's side, like his, like I said his his father died when I was like I said five or six, and then his mother died shortly after that. But I do rem I do have this memory from. I must have been like two or three. And they had Thanksgiving at our house, and like everybody was there. It's very weird, mm. <laughs> but that yeah, it was shortly. It was like the, I think the only time they all got together, all the brothers and uh, grandma and grandpa. But my aunt would be the oldest relative I recall, and I think I still might have like a great aunt in Pennsylvania, but I haven't seen them since I was probably a teenager. After getting your ancestor results, is there someone you'd want to share them with in your family? I would share them with like my my father and uh, my sister, because I'm sure they'd both be interested. Especially my father, be interesting to see what pops up. <laughs> see if we actually have that Native American heritage. I I really I, I'm betting zero, but could be surprised. So definitely share that with them and you know whoever whoever else you know. I don't think my mom would be too interested because it just doesn't interest her that much. But my sister definitely would be interested, and my kids, because they're always having questions, and I don't always have answers. Mm -hmm. well, that's good to hear. Mm -hmm. Especially that you know, the younger <laughs> generation is interested in that. It's yeah, they actually not are. always the case. No, so. they they both are. That's great. So it's interesting to see because they, yeah. um, like I said, my son looked very, you know, had definitely had more of that German in him. And my daughter has more of what of my husband, which is Australian. So that'll, mm. so they'll have to deal with some time. Yeah, my husband's uh, father's side's from Australia. Australia. Yeah, the mm. Null Plains, that's, um, they come mm. from. <laughs> so ways. Yeah, <laughs> so they, I sh they'll have to do it sometime to see, because I, you know, I won't have any of that on my side, but my husband's side, would be in that would be interesting, but they can at least see on my side where they come from. Kim, are you ready to hear your results? I am. I'm very, very excited. excited. All right. So um, I think in your first interview, we talked a lot about Native American ancestry. Mm -hmm. And we have to be myth busters. <laughs> and there, there's no Native American ancestry. Um, I'm not really surprised. Yeah. So I will say, though, because in researching this episode, like ancestry talks a lot about how, like, unless you're a twin, you're not going to be a carbon copy of anyone's right. DNA. So I think it would be interesting if maybe your dad took a test or someone closer to that ancestor back in okay. the family tree. That's true. But yeah. I still think it's highly unlikely that <laughs> I, I do too. There. But um, I think for them, I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, a little disappointed. <laughs> yeah, but but you are 39% Eastern European. So Ancestry is pinpointing that to Poland and Ukraine specifically. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but it could also include Hungary, Russia, Slovakia, Slovenia. Oh, all right. Okay. 35% English. Mm -hmm. um, we just had Tammy reveal that she's also English as well. Oh, okay. So that's kind of fun. So the loyal members of the crown here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> crown fits. What I found interesting, though, is 9% Wales. 
Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Not huh. Welsh. Guys, never that come up ever. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So, 9% Wales, 7% Germany, Germanic Europe. Okay. Um, 7% Ireland, so you can celebrate St. Patrick's Day. I Legally. have no idea with the Irish. Okay. <laughs> and then 3% Scottish. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I've never heard any of that. The German and the Polish, that I, you know, I figured, I figured that was more my mom's side, but maybe my dad's too, I guess. Mm-hmm. Interesting. They did find two second cousins. Um, your dad is actually on Ancestry. I don't know okay. if don't you know that ever, or not. I did know that. I don't okay. think he's ever done a test, though. Okay. <laughs> they have pinpointed, though, that there are two second cousins matched to your father, and you share 7% of your DNA. So oh, okay. those matches are on there to explore if oh, you want to okay. reach out to them. All right. Um, and then, like, thousands of fourth cousins. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they identified two potential migration routes that your family could have taken from Europe to over here. Um, the first one being through central Appalachia, and then the second one being through um, Indiana and Kentucky. That all makes perfect sense. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there's, um, and it follows like the greater trajectory of history that you had people coming over here to find work, and then you had factories and all of these industries developing, mm. and when those started to go through the boom and bust periods of the Great Depression and war and so forth, people moved up into Ohio. Okay. So. Oh, how interesting. But yeah. Yeah. This is really neat. That's quite a bit from the British Isles, actually. It really is. Wales I'm, and Ireland. Yeah, the Scotland Wales, the, England. the hmm. Irish, I had no idea. I think my dad had mentioned England before, but I, hmm. yeah, I was like, oh, no, maybe. But yeah, Scotland and Ireland and Wales never, yeah. never heard that. All right. Well, that was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. No surprise siblings? <laughs> <laughs> you had no starred matches, so no oh. surprise siblings. Oh, that's, or... that's actually really good. <laughs> yeah. Probably all right, yeah. <laughs> okay, awesome. I'm really glad I did this. This is interesting. I have to let my dad know. I don't think he's done a test that I'm aware of. I knew he's hmm. been researching the history, but I don't think he ever did a test, so... Hmm. Yeah, hopefully this gives a little foundation for you, and yeah. you can explore more. Awesome. Well, thank you, guys. I really, yeah. this was fun. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Now is your chance to win and learn that you are just as fabulous as me, Maggie. The code word is QUEEN. That is Q-U-E-E-N, QUEEN. Email the code word QUEEN to postcardsfromgrafton at gmail.com. Now we are going to chat with Nancy about how her father preserved their stories and how they keep sharing those stories through the generations. Hey, Nancy, welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you. Um, Do you want to introduce yourself to our listeners and maybe talk about what you do here at the library, what you do outside of work? Okay, sure. My name is Nancy Kathmull. I am a retired teacher. I taught for 36 years at Keystone Local Schools. And I started working here two years ago. I'm a page of the library here. Um, I reshelver, do whatever they need me to do, but mainly it's reshelving. Um, let's see, some of my hobbies, I love to walk. I've been walking for about 15 years now, so I do um, an hour to an hour and a half every day of walking. I love to play word games, up words. Uh, I like crossword puzzles. I, I am very active with my son's activities. I have three boys and a husband, so my boys are uh, 28, 25, and 23, so they're all grown now. But um, So, yeah, I have a pretty... Uh, I, I do substitute teaching also in my retirement at St. Mary's School, so I keep busy. 
I, I also have a produce job at Groves in the summer for a few months, so in my retirement, uh, the first year off was a little too quiet for me, so I decided that I needed a few other things to occupy my time, so I have a few part-time jobs that I really enjoy, so... Makes sense. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> we appreciate what you do here, and library would not function without its pages. Oh, so. thank you. Oh, no, not. It's <laughs> vitally important. <laughs> I really enjoy it, so thank you. Absolutely. Um, let's let's chat a little bit. Why were you interested in, in doing this Ancestry episode? I, uh, my parents are both deceased, and um, I just always thought it'd be interesting to know a little more history about my grandparents and aunts and uncles from long ago, since our parents aren't around to ask them some things anymore, and we do have some photos. My sister has them at her house. We, she has some photos of ancestors. We don't know exactly who some of them are, so I, I just thought it would be interesting to find out a little bit more about our big families. Has anyone in your family done any even uh, basic research into ancestry, or has it been more extensive? Yes, I have a cousin on my mom's side. It was her brother's son. He has done some research over the years, uh, some years back, not recently. And um, so he has dug into our family background a little bit, yes, on my mom's side of the family. Hmm. So, yes. And I remember you mentioning, too, that someone else in your family was thinking of taking an ancestry test. Yes. My brother has an interest in it, and I guess he was just telling my sister recently he thought about doing that. And then I told her, and she was going to pass it on to him because I hadn't seen him lately, that um, that I had the opportunity to do it through the library. So I think we'll all be a little interested to see what we find out. Yeah. Sounds like you have some... Some people to share with, and that's yes. that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I have a brother and a sister. Yes, my sister lives in Canton, and my brother's in Elyria. So, and, and they're interested in learning too, right? Yes, yeah. finding out what Excellent. information I, you know, find out from you guys digging into our background a little bit. So, <laughs> is there anything? What kind of expectations do you have, or, or is there anything you'd be surprised about? Um, I guess I don't really know. My, I, I am half Polish and half Irish. My grandpa, my maiden name was Kabuski, so my grandpa Kabuski came over from Poland, but I don't know when. Mm-hmm. And my grandma Kabuski passed away when I was only a year old, so I really don't remember mm-hmm. her. But I, I was 10 when my grandpa Kabuski died, so I do remember him, and I have good memories of things with him. Um, so I think it would be interesting to find out when he came over or when they came over from Poland and... I don't know, you know, I, I don't know any of that. Mm. And then my 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 mom's parents um, came, I guess, from Ireland. I mean, we're Irish, and my I guess my grandpa Weber was um, German also. I think there's some German in the mix. So I'm hoping to find out what shows up when, you know, when my DNA is tested. But he died at a young age. He was only 38 when he passed away. But I do remember my mom told me that he worked for the streetcar years ago in Elyria. There was a streetcar that ran through town, and he worked for the streetcar. But he um, he had, it was something with his kidneys, nephritis, I believe is the word they used. He had a kidney infection, and he died at an early age. My mom, I think, was only 15 when he died. So Very young, yeah. Yeah, so my grandma Weber was a widow very early on. But I just think it would be interesting to know more of the story, you know. Yeah, get some more I, I don't know. I didn't know him at all then, of course, because he died at such an early age, so. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. sounds like all your grandparents then were actually 
the immigrants in the family, the, the first so. ones that came yes. over. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. I, I, I don't know for sure, though, but I guess that would be... So, yeah. We would mm-hmm. uncover that by the... Do you know when they came over? Well, I can tell you the dates. My my oh. grandpa Kabuski was born in 1884, and he died in 1968. Mm-hmm. And I know that he lived in Grafton, and we lived one street over from him. We grew up in Grafton, and mm-hmm. I have memories of my grandpa taking us uptown here to. He'd give us a nickel and let us go buy a peppermint patty at the. It's the pizza store now. It's the P- Lou's Pizza, but it used to be a pharmacy. Oh, when it was Grafton Pharmacy, and, sure. Uh, my grandpa would give us each a nickel, and we thought it was such a big deal. My brother, my sister, and I. He'd walk us uptown, and we get to buy something with our nickel. It was usually a peppermint patty. But he was um, 84 when he passed away. I was 10 years old when he mm-hmm. passed away. And um, let's see, what else? I, I just have real nice memories of him because mm-hmm. if we had him over for dinner and one of us knocked our milk over, those were in the days where you didn't have plastic tablecloths. You had cloth tablecloths on the table. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like invariably one one of us would knock our milk over, and my dad would scold us, and my grandpa would say, "Don't yell at them; they didn't mean to do it." <laughs> he would always come to our defense. He was so kind-hearted. I mean, my parents were too, but my dad was a little more strict, and he's like, "You have to be more careful." But um, but yeah, I have real good memories of my grandpa. So I don't know. He was born in 1884. My grandma. Kabuski was born in 1893, and she died in 1959. So, and then my other grandparents, my mom's parents were born in, my grandpa was born in 1895, and my grandma was born in 1892. So, it would just be interesting to find out more about when they did come over, Mm -hmm. if they were over there for a while, what type of jobs they had, or Mm -hmm. what was their, you know. Sure. What was there for me? I, I don't know. I just don't know a lot of that. So, I would be curious too, just based on the dates, if they came over because of World War Two or World War One. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you know if they immediately came to Ohio? Did they settle I, elsewhere? I don't know that. Mm. I don't know that. I know that when I was growing up, it was always the big event of the summer was to have a family reunion on my mom's oh. side, on the Weber side of the family. We always went out to LaGrange at one of the cousins' farms, and that's where we all got together, and we got to see all our cousins and our aunts and uncles, and that was a big event of the summer, because mm-hmm. my grandma's maiden name was Guthrie, and it was a Guthrie family reunion. Mm-hmm. It was big time to see everybody, so, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to that, so. Was there like a family storyteller when you all got together? Was there someone who just naturally started sharing different traditions? Mm. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, my dad always had a lot of stories of things that he remembers mm. from when he was growing up. Or say other than things my dad told us that he passed on from his parents and so on. I don't have a specific one in mind, but um, I do know that we had... We still to this day we do have some traditions, traditional foods that were made mm-hmm. that were Polish foods. Like my um, grandma and my aunts used to make something called placek. It's a Polish sweetbread, and my they were all very reluctant to let anybody else have the recipe. It was heavily <laughs> guarded in the family as a family recipe. But before my one aunt passed away, she did pass it on to my sister and I. And my sister mm. will spend a whole day making this, and she gives it to all of us. 
but that was a unique thing that was a Polish recipe. And then I remember my aunt used to make something called poo soup. It sounds really weird. <laughs> but it, was made, it had prunes in it and vinegar, and it was a, a purplish-looking soup with, like, homemade noodles in there, and that was mm-hmm. a Polish and it was good. It sounds strange, but it was good. It does sound unique, I have to say. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then my dad used to make pickled herring, and there was another word for it. I can't think what the word was, but and that looked sort of disgusting, but it had like a white <laughs> sauce on it, and it was like a, really a delicacy. He mm-hmm. loved it. So, And then on my mom's side, we always had a lot, and we always had a lot of bread and potatoes with every meal, and, you know, my mom grew up during the Depression, and mm. she just... You know, I always serve those things, but... So, yeah, lots of food traditions, and it's... Mm-hmm. But we yeah. find that lots of people seem to have those, don't they? Yes, yeah. and it's nice. And mm-hmm. I, I treasure some of the recipes I have to this day that were in my mom's handwriting. She rewrote <sighs> yeah. and gave them to me, so I have them, like, sealed up in Ziploc bags to preserve them and so mm-hmm. on, but... Yeah, I have a bunch of those, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many times I wish she were here that I could ask her a question about some of the things, but Mm -hmm. anyhow. And then uh, I can remember my one aunt on my mom's side, my aunt, we used to call her Auntie Helen. She was a petite little, you know, not very tall, not, you know, not not much to her. And she would drive over to visit us in her Studebaker, even in her older years. My dad always worried that, you know, she was still driving at that point, but... (laughs) She passed away in her 80s. What kind of research do you think you'll do after this? What kind of things will you want to explore? Hmm. I don't know. I haven't really thought that far. <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, just maybe some, maybe more details about uh, grandparents' siblings and things like that that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Might look into that a little bit more. I know that my grandpa did have brothers and sisters. I'm not exactly mm. sure how many. Mm. Um, Do you know if they ended up coming to the United States too, or would they still be back? Somewhere in this somewhere? area, oh. yes. Mm-hmm. We had, um, I think, several of his sisters. Well, no, several of his. I know his one brother and his wife lived in the area. I'm the youngest of the three. You know, my brother's older, and then my sister was the middle child, and then me. So I don't have as vivid memories as they might have of some of the ancestors. But um, I know that there were quite a few Kabuskis in the area, and they some even spelled their name differently than we did. Some spelled it with an E on the end. We spelled it with an I on the end. Yes, I've seen both in in some of the... uh... In some of the historical documents and things. Right, but mm. they're still relatives, even though the spelling was different. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. I was wondering about that, because, I mean, there's there's been a lot of Kabuskis in the, in the area, so, mm-hmm. and I've seen both spellings, so it's good mm-hmm. to know that it's actually just, right. everybody's related to just kind of change the name. And then I had a couple of aunts, their, their name was actually Chazinski, but when they came over here, I believe they changed it to Smith. So That's a difference. It was quite a difference from <laughs> Chizinski to Smith. So. A lot of people did change them, though, as they as they emigrated. Mm-hmm. It's disappointing. They had fun, exciting names, and now 
I was going to say, Kabuski is like a great last yeah, name. Honestly. Like, I would love that in a picture book for like yeah. an elephant or something, you know, like yeah. a cute little animal character. Mm -hmm. The funny part is that over the years, most people could never pronounce it. Oh, really? They would say Kabuski, Kabushi. They used to call my dad the Kabasi kid. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, and we would say, it's B U S, bus. Kabuski. <laughs> And now my married name is now easier. That's always mispronounced, too, so, yeah. <laughs> the joy of difficult last names, I, I understand. Mm -hmm. I know Kabuski because I've done the history here in Grafton, and I've listened to people say that name hundreds of times mm -hmm. at this point, so. Well, like I say, we grew up, we lived in Grafton, mm -hmm. we lived on Sunshine Court, just mm -hmm. a couple streets mm -hmm. over, and my dad was also a longtime teacher at Midview. He started off at teaching at Larry Catholic and then started teaching at Midview. But at Larry Catholic is where he met my mom. She was a school secretary. And that's mm -hmm. how they met. And then he came over to Midview when they built the first school over there. And um, we, we lived in Grafton because in his summers when he wasn't teaching, he worked with one of the local builders, Mr. Zaremba, Bob Zaremba. Mm -hmm. And he built houses with him in the summer, so they built a house for us on Sunshine Court, a beautiful brick ranch-style home. And unfortunately, when the tornado hit in 1965, it destroyed our home. And I don't think my dad had the heart to do it all over again. So, yeah. But he was widely known in this area, and the gym at Midview was named after him, so that was a huge honor. Wait, that's your father? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> okay, father. yeah, no, everybody knows your father. Right, my dad um, retired. I wondered about that. Right, yeah. <laughs> my dad retired in 85, uh -huh. and then in 88. He passed away in 87, and mm -hmm. then in 88 they dedicated the mm -hmm. gym in his honor. It was a huge, huge honor. Mm -hmm. So, and mm -hmm. our oldest son actually teaches at Midview, so... The huge portrait of my dad is there, and it's like, it's so cool. It's like my dad's watching every concert. Mm -hmm. My son's a choir director, and mm -hmm. my dad watches the concerts right along with all of us. So it's pretty cool. Mm. Definitely. So Definitely. That's awesome. You have yes. long roots in this mm -hmm. community. Yes. Influential ones, too. Yeah. And yes. my dad passed away. He loved to tell jokes and make people <laughs> laugh. He, he just was a very well-liked, and mm -hmm. he just loved teaching. And he passed away on April Fool's Day of 1987, and we all said that's poetic justice. And Dad passed away on April Fool's Day, and then ironically, my mom passed away on April 1st of 2003. So it was 16 years to the day that my dad passed away. So both okay. my parents passed away on April 1st. Are there any like photographs that you've mm. passed down? We've talked with some other staff about like that's where a lot of their details are coming from, is inscriptions on the back, and they're trying to piece them together hmm. we do have some photos and like I said my sister has some at her house that we don't know who the people are mm. we do have a we do have some older photographs that we've passed among the three of us now my brother my sister and I um, and one really cool thing is my dad played minor league baseball in his younger years and my grandma Kabuski put together a whole scrapbook. My dad must have saved the clippings that were in papers at different places where he played baseball. And they put together a huge scrapbook. My brother has it at his house. And it's so cool. Mm -hmm. I, I borrowed it from my brother a couple years ago and I showed it to my own boys because our youngest son plays baseball for Hiram College. Mm. And for him to be able to see, of course they all, you know, were born after my dad had passed away. So for them to be able to see headlines, you know, Kabuski <laughs> set to pitch tonight, you know, and see pictures of him as a young man. Mm -hmm. 
it really gave me chills. It was so cool. Mm-hmm. And my sons actually took photos of some of these articles and things that were in because we gave the scrapbook back to my brother. He's the one that holds on to it in his house. And um, it was really cool. He played for, like, the Charlotte Hornets. He played for mm-hmm. um, the Washington Senators. He played for oh, really? the Pennsylvania wow. baseball team. So, mm-hmm. yes, he played minor league baseball. So... He sounds like yeah. kind of a Renaissance fan, playing sports and then mm-hmm. being a teacher mm-hmm. and yeah. having such a good sense of humor. And... and he was a driver's education teacher, so uh, yeah. he always had a lot of driver's ed stories about. I saw, yeah. saw a newspaper clipping with him and I think a new car that they had gotten for the driver's okay. ed program just <laughs> relatively recently. Okay, yeah. yeah. He would come home sometimes and tell us I had I had really short drivers, the seat was way up because my dad was only six foot tall. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And on his side of the car, they always had that brake for him if they had a need for it. And um, he'd come home and say, my knees were in the glove compartment today. I had short kids driving. <laughs> But anyhow, yeah, he had a lot of different experiences, so. Has, has the family done any work in um, preserving those photos or that scrapbook? Things like that, like digitizing so, so you can share no, with everybody? No, we have not, but that's a great idea. Yeah. I, I know, I know people, people, some people have, some people haven't. Um, and somebody donated, actually, to the library the, uh, her scrapbooks from when she was a high school student in, oh. in the late 50s. Okay. Because and, and, nobody wanted them, but we've been digitizing them. Nice. Which is right. actually where I've seen your dad mentioned many times. Okay. That would probably be a great thing for us to look into because yeah. then we could all... Another thing that we found at my mom and dad's house, but that's a great idea. Mm. My dad had the where, or, you know, he just bought a hat, I guess. Mm-hmm. A lot of the games he pitched in where they gave him the baseball from the games. Did I tell you this? I'm no, sure did. but that's... He signed, and my dad had real meticulous handwriting. He signed and labeled every baseball, what game it was in, what the date, how many pitches he threw. Oh, my goodness. If it was a win or a loss for his team. And we came across this bag of baseballs oh. in my mom and dad's attic at their house. And we're like, what a treasure this yeah. is for the yeah. six grandsons, because we have three boys, and my brother and his wife have three boys. Mm-hmm. And we're like, what a treasure for the grandsons to each get to have some of these. So what we plan to do sometime when we can get everybody together is lay them all out because mm-hmm. you can still read them. There was only a couple where the ink was actually, it looked like it smeared or mm-hmm. started whatever over the years. Um, so we figured if each, we go round robin and let each boy take, there's enough for each of them to get, I think, three baseballs. Oh, wow. And we could get those nice cases for them to preserve mm-hmm. them in, and they would have something from their grandpa to treasure but I'm like what a treasure and how good that my dad thought to do that mm-hmm. and we didn't even know they were up there that's yeah. amazing he was yes. already preserving the family history mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly great. so we were just like what a find mm-hmm. that was great Nancy are you ready for the results of your ancestry test yes I am Okay. I'm excited to see what they found out yeah, we have some cool stuff to share with you. Mm-hmm. I think your results are one of my favorites. So, okay. You are 49% Eastern Europe. So Ancestry is saying this is specifically Poland and Ukraine. Okay. Um, it can also include Hungary, um, Russia, Slovenia, but those are the, the two that they're saying are specific to you. You are 41% Irish, okay. 4% Scotland, mm. 2% England. Um, 2% from the Baltics, which they're saying is Latvia, mostly. Oh. And then 2% Germany, Germanic Europe. 
Wow. Yeah. Okay. But there's some really cool stuff about your Irish ancestry. Okay. Because um, they have actually pinpointed it to a specific area. Um, it's a province. It's Connacht. 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 Yeah. I'm probably not pronouncing that right. But um, C-O-N-N-A-C-H-T. And Ancestor, you're saying you should really put together your family tree because you probably have family who are still there, um, potentially an ancestral home. Um, mm -hmm. It's a it's a highly concentrated area of your DNA. Wow. So mm -hmm. if you want to flip over your papers, I printed out um, like a picture of okay. where it's located. So this is Western Ireland. And what's really interesting about this location too um, is that it was a pretty difficult life for people. The land there is really poor, mm -hmm. so farming was difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and when the potato famine happened, a lot of people were from this area that moved to the U.S. Um, about 30% of the population either died of starvation or they left for here. Wow. Okay. That's a lot of people. Yes, it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. And there were just lots of crop failures in general in that area. Um, and it got to the point where so many people were coming over that by the 1920s, the U.S. put a limit on this specific area of, like, how many Irish could come. Really? Yeah, because there were just so many. Any surprises in those results? No, not really, not because, really? Um, well, I, I knew that my mom was Irish and that her dad mm. was, was German, so I did know mm, that. Okay. Um, and now I know for the Polish side, it sounded like it was about equal, didn't you say 41% Irish and about 41% Polish? Is 41 that... Irish and 49 Eastern oh, European. Oh, 49 Eastern Yeah, European. so a little bit more with the Polish and okay. Ukrainian. Mm -hmm. But quite a bit for both of those two. Yeah. I mean, it's yes. mostly those two. Uh-huh. It's pretty interesting, actually. Very interesting. So yeah. high percentages. If you look yes. at your little pie chart, it's like... Just so nice because it's like gold for Polish and then like green for Irish and it's almost like evenly split and I'm, it's very uh -huh. pleasing to me. <laughs> uh huh. So they do think that we could have some living ancestors then. Yes. Yeah. Very interesting. It's just such a highly concentrated portion of DNA that they're able to pinpoint this exact area. Um, and just looking at the history of it, there's people who are still probably there. So. It's a good starting point for research. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what year did you say the potato famine was? Did you say 1930s? Um, so that happened, let me check my notes here. Um, so by the mid-1800s. Oh, mid-1800s. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that was, because that was before our Civil War. I yes. Because there's a lot of Irish yeah, yeah. in this country in the, by the late 1800s. When did you say they put the, the, they set like a limit about how many people could come over? 1920s oh, is when they started so it. That's what I was thinking of. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Which that's a really good point, Fred, because a lot of people came over and just moved here and then all of a sudden they're having to fight in our civil war yes. when they had no connection to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and there was decades and decades of <laughs> racism against Irish people in, mm -hmm. in the East. Mm -hmm. Quite a lot of it, in yeah. fact. They mostly came to New York and Boston. Mm -hmm. That was their primary entry point into the U.S. And then they just kind of dispersed from there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That is a very focused region, they, they can tell, though, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. 
There's also a lot of restrictions in that area, too, because people were Catholic, mostly, and mm-hmm. then you had Protestant leadership, mm-hmm. so they're already experiencing discrimination at home, mm-hmm. and then coming over to the U.S., too. Um, it's been kind of a, a rough life for the people in this area. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to chat with Ben about how giving insight to others helps create a better understanding of family histories. Welcome to the show. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Good. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Um, Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners and, you know, talk about what you do here at work, maybe stuff you do outside of work. All right. Um, My name is Ben, and I work here at the library at the reference desk, and um, I do... I help patrons with reference questions. Uh, I order the video games. I um, I work on the computers, just general reference stuff. I am into uh, like board games. Uh, I just got a VR headset, Ooh, which fancy. is very fun. Exciting. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It's, uh, it's I always very, heard that. Yeah, it's very immersive. It's mm-hmm. it's not it's not like it used to be. Mm-hmm. It's not like the Virtual Boy. Oh God. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nothing's like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. Um, so, yeah, other than that, just, you know, general stuff. So. so I heard through the grapevine that Maggie and Miranda kind of convinced you to participate, but I'd love to know why you are interested in Ancestry and why you wanted to be a part of this. I've always been curious. I've heard general rumors about what people thought our Ancestry was. Mm-hmm. Uh, my cousins, two of them have... Uh, Italy tattoos on their oh, arms. Oh, okay, sure. Because um, they think that our grandpa's Italian. So, and that, it really helps with the ladies, apparently. They really like the <laughs> uh, the Italians. And, yeah, so they both have Italy tattoos. And so I just thought it'd be really interesting. Kind of hoping that maybe, you know, if we're not Italian, that'll be pretty funny. Get to tell them that, you know, they have these tattoos and they're not even Italian. Kind of have to cover it with a different flag or whatever mm-hmm. it turns out yeah, to be. A, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just curious. So, And my uncle always thought that my uh, my great-grandma was, uh, was an Ashkenazi Jew, mm. but probably not. But, you know, so that was always the rumor. So I'm pretty curious about that, too. Has anyone done formal research into your family tree? My aunt has done some because she's retired and she's, you know, she likes to trace back the tree and find pictures of them and stuff, but I'm not sure how much she actually knows about their history besides what they look like in the pictures, so. Yeah, so she hasn't shared a whole lot then with everybody? Just beyond the brand of pictures that she finds? Right, yeah. Um, Okay, interesting. So she's working on, um, I think it's, I, I don't know which website it is, but you can like make the whole like family tree and like sure. insert the, yeah. Sure. So that's what she's working on. Yeah. So. So this is hopefully something that you could flesh stuff out with. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Get, the, get a little bit more detail maybe. Yeah. Is there like a family storyteller? Is there someone who's always passing down these kind of traditions or folklore? No. 
I actually thought about that quite a bit before this, uh, reading over those questions, mm. and there aren't a whole lot of stories or like myths or anything, uh, some like grand tales. Um, it's actually, the stories are kind of boring, so nothing, nothing too crazy, so unfortunately. Do you have any like uh, traditions that, instead of stories, like things that the family, one side or the other, has traditionally done? Events. Uh, a number of people have talked about it, like reunions and mm. things like that. Um, or food. food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We used to have reunions. I don't anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, we have this. Uh, we have these huge Christmas parties every mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. So because my my grandma her uh, her dad got um, got divorced, and so she has mm -hmm. this entire step family. Oh sure. So, uh, so every year, like the step family and the other family gets together, yeah. and and so it's a huge get together because it's a ton, it's like two families and it's a ton of people. Um, but besides that, uh, nothing really. Do you know when or how long your family's been in the United States? Both sides, both, both sides, I believe the uh, the early nineteen hundreds. Oh, okay. A little bit more a century then. Yeah. And, and you're not sure where they came from, but Italy is the... Well, my... One of the things they thought? My grandma claims that she is uh, Hungarian. Oh, and sure. Okay. My grandpa was Italian. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, their last name was um, McDonald. So, mm -hmm. um, and they claim that uh, they are from the UK. Oh, well, so, McDonald, I mean... <laughs> Very possible in that case, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. But I guess, but yeah, that was always the, the rumor, so I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Is it, is it, are there places you'd want to maybe travel to if you know more about that ancestry? Like places you want to visit, maybe the family came from? Um, maybe, maybe I if mean, I could find out, like, a, a specific town or yeah, area yeah, or something, yeah. but in general, no. Mm -hmm. uh, I have, I have, like, no... Uh, inclination to go to like Hungary, um, oh, no. maybe, maybe, um, maybe Italy um, or the UK, but I just don't have like those aren't those aren't places I'm like desperate to go to. So yeah. it's more just you want to see, have more knowledge about about the family. Then yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is there research that you might do after you get your results back? Uh, perhaps. Um, I, if I find out that something's, especially if I find out that something's different, mm -hmm. um, that that things don't really match up, then I can start questioning people and see what they know. Um, unfortunately, on my on my dad's side, both my grandparents are dead, so I can't really ask them much. Um, and then on my uh, on my mom's side, only my grandma's alive. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to pull as much knowledge as I can out of her because she's in her eighties. So, yeah, we lose those resources. Right, we lose yeah. those family members as time marches forward inexorably, and then <laughs> you don't get any more of those stories. I know all mine are gone. All my grandparents are gone, and you know, then you don't have them to refer back to. <laughs> right, for all that you know, <laughs> decades and decades and decades of family history, and even before that. We've had other staff talk about like a lot of family originating in West Virginia or in the South and then they come up to Ohio. 
Do you know maybe where your family settled after coming to the U.S.? Have they always been in this area? Uh, Ohio. Okay. They've, they've always been here, as far as I know. Hmm. Like, um, yeah, like my, yeah, as far as I know, they've always lived in this area as far back, you know, nobody's ever moved. Um, so, and most of the family has stayed here too. Mm -hmm. My parents moved down to Florida for like five years and then they came back (laughs) and that was pretty much it. I can't blame them on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. I was kind of sad, um, so that I could have been living in Florida. I, I love the nice weather. I mean, it's warmer there, admittedly, mm-hmm. but there's a lot more bugs and lizards. <laughs> this, is, yeah, and hurricanes and things and like that. Alligators. And alligators. And alligators, you know, yes. snakes, you know. <laughs> Less snow, though. Yeah, so, you know, can't argue with that. <laughs> what would just surprise you most mm-hmm. about your test results? Just as it, just if it was something wild, like no one was right. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. It, there wasn't like Hungarian or Italian. Or, um, yeah, if it just ended up being, like, something wild, mm-hmm. that would be, that would be interesting. Are you going to, like, what were your plans to, like, share information with, um, other interested family members once you get results? Do you think other people are interested in pursuing it along with you? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited to show everybody mm-hmm. what it is. So I'm sure I'm sure they'll be interested, um, especially my aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good to share that stuff. Yeah. So one of my aunts on my dad's side, who I'm not really close to, and uh, so she got um, an ancestry test, mm-hmm. and on the website they link you up with people who. He'd like share ancestry and your cousins and that kind of thing. So she found out that she had a half sibling, mm. a half sister, and so she tried to contact her and uh, and she responded at first, but then got kind of spooked. So it turned out that my grandpa uh, had an affair mm. with this with this woman that he met at a bar. And had a kid, and nobody knew about it until mm-hmm. the ancestry test. So it was very, uh, it was very interesting. And actually, they found a picture of him uh, with the girl at the bar. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Huh. Well, sometimes those things come out with these things, mm-hmm. these tests. You know, yeah. As you start to network the stuff together, right? And nobody was able to ask him anything because he was he was long dead mm-hmm. by the time they mm-hmm. found out all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And since the girl got spooked and she won't uh, respond to any messages or anything anymore, they can't find out any more information about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shocking for both ends. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. The girl just found out that whoever she thought her dad was wasn't her dad. But mm-hmm. it was just, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. There's been several cases with Ancestry where people have found out they're adopted or mm-hmm. they have half-siblings and... They're calling Ancestry to <laughs> figure yeah. out what's going on with yeah. their test results. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it can. there can be surprises. Are you ready to find out your Ancestry results, Ben? I am very ready. Very excited. <laughs> All right, let's do this. So you are 42% Irish. Wow, that's a lot of Irish. It, it is a lot of Irish. 
Um, you have 29% from Northern Italy and only 4% from Southern Italy, 14% from Scotland, um, 8% from the Balkans, 4% from Greece and Albania, and then 3% from Eastern Europe, so that's Poland and Ukraine. And you have 2% from Sweden and 2% from Wales. Okay, so very yeah. European. Very European. <laughs> uh, so how much, how much from Italy total? So Italy, we have 29 from Northern Italy and then 4% from Southern Italy. So that would be what, 33? 33. About a yes. third. Uh, that sounds about right. It should be about like 25%. So, mm. you know, somewhere in there, that's, that's about right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Did you have any inkling about the Irish stuff? Uh, well, we thought that um, my dad's family was from the UK. Hmm? Okay. So yeah, it's actually yeah. So like right in that area. That would make sense. Yeah. That, that would make some sense, right? Yeah. So. Anything um, that's really surprising in there? Uh no. No. <laughs> Since the Irish and the Italian make up like the bulk of it, mm. that's pretty much what I was expecting. Wait, was there like any Hungarian in there? There was not. They're saying it's Poland and Ukraine for you. Okay, so my grandma said that she was a hundred percent Hungarian. So. I'm not really, I'm not really sure what's, what's going on there. Yeah. So. I mean, she could have been like, family could have been living there at some point, but the actual genes were yeah. from. She could very well be from Hungary. Yeah. Right. She must yeah. be. But, you know, who knows where it came from before that? Because all that was a big mishmash mm-hmm. for centuries. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I'll have to let her know. Yeah. <laughs> have to show her. Yeah. <laughs> What's really interesting about yours is that they have pinpointed regions for like almost all of your ancestry groups. Oh, okay. So like they have maps and I'll give you all of these <laughs> oh. that show you like you probably have ancestors that have like homes there still. Um, it's a really great starting point for research because it's super specific. Yeah, um, very you actually, specific, but, you yeah. share the same thing with Nancy with the Irish. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you're related, related you know. to Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the province uh, or uh, area, Fred? The Connacht. Uh, yes, right? I think that's how you pronounce I could it. Be, I could be messing that up too, but yeah. Apologies to Irish people. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the area that's kind of known for the potato famine. Like this is where a lot of the immigration came was from this specific region. Oh wow! So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. That's where. Yeah. Yeah. So and what what is this one? Uh, my uh, my relatives from New Jersey. Well, those <laughs> those are your migration routes. So they're saying that you have ancestors who definitely came in through New Jersey. Yeah. And then you also have ancestors that came in through. Quebec. Oh, okay. So they pinpointed yeah, both, saying that yeah. you have strong ties. <laughs> wow, that's okay. great. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we've seen anybody with that's mentioned that before. The Quebec, no, yeah. and like there's, um, they're saying it's like the original French settlers who came for like the fur trade. Oh, yeah, okay. that's what they're pinpointing to, because there's a very specific region that they immigrated to, and then they came to like the Saint Lawrence region. Um, once the fur trade died out. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Very interesting. All right. I'll have to see. I'll have to ask because my one relative is like trying to track down our entire family tree. Oh. So I'll have to show her this stuff and uh, see what she says about it. Yeah. yeah. Have they done anything like this themselves? Uh, no. No. So she's just been like going through the records and like trying to find the pictures mm-hmm. and like who they are <laughs> and that kind of thing. So. I yeah, well, that might be some good information in there potentially, because mm-hmm. if it's spe- especially if it pinpoints 
down into regions. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, that is. Yeah, that yeah. is very interesting. It doesn't always do happen that. either. Yeah. Yeah. Because even with southern Italy, like they're saying, like the very, very tip of Italy is where they're pinpointing your ancestry from. And like for the northern part, they're saying in Parma. So you have regions to go off of for, you know, building your family tree. <laughs> oh, oh yes. It's a very, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah very interesting. Thank you to our guests, Miranda, Kim, Ben, and Nancy for joining us to discuss their ancestry and spitting tubes. Um, for more local history content, check out the Grafton Midview Public Library's collection online at gmplibrary.org slash localhistory. If you have a question for us or a topic you'd like us to explore on a future episode, you can email us at postcardsfromgrafton at gmail.com. And remember to email the co-word from this episode for your chance to win a free Ancestry DNA test kit. This has been Postcards from Grafton. <laughs>